Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, welcome, everyone, to uh, <clears throat> our Latin class. And we missed last week, but we should be back to normal now. And uh, we should be, uh, be able to meet, you know, every week. So um, what I thought we would start with is our Latin phrases. And I have a few new phrases, and we're going to review a few phrases that we did last week, uh, two weeks ago. Anybody remember, how do you say beware of the dog? Beware of the dog. Yes. Beware of the dog. Okay. And remember, that's the Roman equivalent of Rawlins Protective Services or whoever. They would put that on their houses to make people think they had a dog, even if they didn't. How do you say with a grain of salt? Um, I don't know. Coom. Grano solis. Cum grano solis. Solis. Cum grano solis with a grain of salt. Remember, that means uh, don't take it real seriously. Take it sort of, you know, as if it's not maybe I, too important. Are you saying solis? I-S? Yes. S-A-L-I-S. Cum grano solis. Cum grano solis. 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 And then we... Solis. Cumbrano Solis. Yep. Cumbrano Solis. And then we have, excuse me a second. So if I may, this is your host, Herbie Allen. I just would like to briefly interject and remind everybody that all ACBs now, including this one, are being recorded both for security purposes and in this case, this call, I do believe, is also being podcasted. So want to make sure everybody is aware of that. If you do wish to raise your hand at any time on the PC, it is Alt-A on the Mac, Command-Shift-A. If you are on a smartphone, it is under the More Options button. And, <coughs> and if you are on... A, um, I'm sorry, I forgot. If you're on um, a regular phone, it is... Okay, so I'm sorry. If you're on a smartphone, it is to the left to unmute. It is under more options to raise your hand. If you are on a smartphone, star 9 raises your hand. Star 6 is to mute and unmute. If you're on the PC and Mac, again, Alt-Y to raise your hand, Option-Y on the Mac, and Alt-A to mute, and Command-Shift-A to mute on the Mac. Okay, thank you. And do raise your hand if you wish. You don't have to raise your hand, but if you wish to, uh, Herbie will call on you, I'm sure. Um, how about I this? Will, yes. How about this expression? Say nothing but good of the dead. Say nothing but good of the dead. Remember that? De mortuis nihil nisi bonum. That's a hard one. De mortuis nihil nisi bonum. De mortuis nihil nisi bonum. De mortuis nihil nisi bonum. This will all be in your notes, by the way. This will all be in your notes. These All these phrases will be in there with their meanings. Um, now, some new phrases. 
Some of these these phrases this week are mostly legal phrases. Um, ex post facto is one you might have heard. Ex post facto. Does anyone know what ex post facto means? Or ex post facto, if you say it in English. It means retroactively or retroactive. Ex post facto. It's a fancy way of saying retroactively. What is ipso facto? What is what? What is ipso facto then? All right, we're getting ready to do that one. Right now. Ipso facto means by the very fact, by the fact Uh. itself. For example, what if I told you I have a friend who told me that they had considered stealing from their employer? Then I would say, I considered that person ipso facto as a potential thief, meaning mm-hmm. because of that very fact, I considered him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, and you can use that a lot in a lot of different ways. You could say, um, well, uh, you know, you weigh 230 pounds, ipso facto, you're fat or whatever, you know, <laughs> by, the, by the very fact. Uh, by that very fact, uh, I'm not going to tell you my weight anyway. Um, so that's one that you can have. Now, the, the third phrase is known compus mentis. That's C O M P O S. Known compus mentis. Known compus mentis. And that means not sound of mind. Right. Not sound of mind. Now, I have a funny story about that. Uh, some of you, I don't know if anyone is here who went to school with us, Ninette is, my wife is, but other than that, we had our fifth grade teacher, and she told us when she was a kid, she, and you can't imagine her doing this, but she put a kid who wasn't very smart into going up to our Latin teacher and saying, hey, hi, Miss Cox, how are you? You're known compass mentis. Oh, no. And the teacher said, what? (laughs) what? And finally, she said, who told you to say that to me? Oh, Chris Ball did. (laughs) So she got in in trouble. So a known compass meant this not of sound, not sound of mind, actually. And then the last one is one you've seen on TV, I'm sure. sure, And it depends on how you pronounce it. In English, it's pronounced uh, prima facie. Prima facie. In Latin, it's prima facie. Prima facie. Yep. It oh. means at first prima appearance. Facia. On the face of it? Yep. On the face of it. At first appearance. In other words, it looks like something's true, but it really may not be. So, like, if you see me standing over a body with a smoking gun in my hand, <laughs> prima facie, it looks like I did it. But in reality, I just happened to walk up and picked up that gun. You know, I didn't really do it at all. So. Uh, yep okay now i've been promising you guys for a couple weeks to to teach you a latin grace and then we're going to work on that a little bit today now this grace um was taught to me by my latin professor he used to come over for dinner sometime we would have him over for dinner and he would just say let me say a latin grace and he would say this grace we would rattle it off like crazy and i remember i was so impressed and finally got him to write it down and uh and learn it um it's not long i don't know where he got it he said he learned it when he was a kid maybe in latin class or somewhere i don't know but anyway he would always say it whenever we had him over for dinner so it's it's a pretty easy grace and it's in your notes this week when i send your notes out you'll have it but it says oculi omnium in te spectant which means 
the eyes of all look toward you. Et tu das eis escam in tempore opportune, which means, and you are giving them their food at an opportune time. Okay, and then it, then it goes, panem cotidianum da nobis hodie. Give us our daily bread today. Per dominum nostrum Jesum Christum. Amen. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. And so, and so if you say this, we're going to say one line at a time. Oculi omnium in te spectant. Oculi omnium in te spectant. Good. You know what might be good? If you guys, when you repeat, if you mute, because then you can repeat it to yourself, but we won't have to hear it because it always gets way behind on Zoom. Yeah, and uh, yes, so if anyone is going to repeat, and, and I hope you will repeat, mute while you're repeating and then ju or just listen to this as we do it. And you can repeat it with me. Oculi omnium in te spectant. Oculi omnium in te spectant. Oculi omnium in te spectant. Okay. That word oculi, by the way, means eyes. And we get the word ocular, like the ocular of a telescope or binoculars, something that has two eyes, etc. So, oculi omnium in te spectant. And the next line, et tu das eis escam in tempore opportune. Et tu das eis escam in tempore opportune. Et tu das eis escam in tempore opportune. And then the third line, panem cotidianum da nobis hodie. Panem cotidianum da nobis hodie. Panem cotidianum das nobis hodie. Panem cotidianum da nobis hodie. Then, per dominum nostrum Jesum Christum. Amen. Per dominum nostrum Jesum Christum. Amen. And by the way, that word amen, I believe, is a Hebrew word, but it's a word that is in Greek. It's in the it's in Greek, like in the Lord, in the in anything in Greek. Whenever Jesus says, "Verily, verily, I say unto you," it's "Amen, Amen, Lego, who mean in Greek. Uh, that "Amen, Amen" means verily, truly, thus. That's what that word really means, and it's in Greek and it's in Latin and it's in Hebrew as well. Okay, let's do it one more time, and I know you guys won't remember this, but we'll we'll do it today, and it'll be on the recording. So it starts out, oculi omnium in te spectant. Et tu das eis escam in tempore opportune. Panem cotidianum da nobis hodie. Per dominum nostrum Jesum Christum. Amen. Let's do it one more time. Oculi omnium in te spectant. Et tu das eis escam in tempore opportune. Panem cotidianum da nobis hodie. Per dominum nostrum Jesum Christum. Amen.
Now, the hardest part is probably et tu das eis escam and tempore opportune. That's probably the hardest line. Et tu das eis escam and tempore opportune. Uh, I think the rest of the lines are shorter and maybe aren't quite so hard. I'm just going to say it all the way through without making you repeat it so you can hear it. Oculi omnium in te spectant, et tu das eis escam in tempore opportune, panem quotidianum da nobis odie, per dominum nostrum Jesum Christum. Amen. There we go. Now you learn that and say it for your relatives at Thanksgiving and they'll think you are a genius. <laughs> That's what you can do. Um, let's uh, look at the pledge to the flag again. It's a little bit longer. And we were having a terrible time learning that the other week. So let's just, again, stay muted when you repeat. You can repeat, but don't. Uh, that, if you stay muted, I think that would make it a little easier for everybody to repeat it. Fidem meum obligo vexillo kiwitatium. Fidem meum obligo vexillo kiwitatium. Um. Americae foideratarum et rei publicae proquastat. Americae foideratarum et rei publicae proquastat. Uninatione deoducente non dividendi. Uninatione deoducente non dividendi. Cum libertate. Justitiaque omnibus. Cum libertate, justitiaque omnibus. Okay, let's just say it one more time. Fidem meam obligo exilo kiwitatium. Americae foederatarum et rei publicae proquastat. Hello there, Thomas. Uni natione deoducente non dividendi. Cum libertate justitiaque omnibus. And there we are. Uh, let me just read that through. Uh, let me just say that through so that you can get the sound of the whole thing. And again, we got these recordings. And if you can get these recordings, it'll make it a lot easier. You can listen to it while you're getting your breakfast or whatever. And you might, uh, and you might even get it unconsciously. Just like you learned the words of songs when you were a kid listening to radio all the time. Okay, here we go. Fidem meam obligo exilo kiwitatium. Americae foideratarum et rei publicae proquastat. Uninatione, Deo ducente non dividendi, cum libertate, justitiaque, omnibus. There we go. Okay, and we'll work on this every week uh, until you guys can get it. My goal is everybody in this class can say that to me sometime before the year's over. Uh, that's my goal. Okay. But if you can't, that's all right. But that's my goal. Let's do our basic sentences. We, we did 10 basic sentences the other week. Hillerem de Turem delegate Deus was the first one. Hillerem de Turem delegate Deus. Anybody remember what that means? God loves a cheerful giver. Yep. Hillerem de Turem delegate Deus. God loves a cheerful giver. Good. 
Hello, Jane. Hilarim datorim diligit des. All right, number two. Manus manum lawat. Manus manum lawat. Manus manum lawat. Anyone remember? What's it mean? One hand washes the other. One hand washes the other. That's it. That's it. Okay, number three. Caltus metuit foe am lupus. Caltus metuit foe am lupus. Uh, A cautious wolf fears a pitfall or fall? That's it. Good. Cautious wolf fears a pitfall. Okay. Non quieter tiger medicum eloquentem. Boy, I was, uh, I was thinking of that sentence this week when I had the COVID. Non quieter tiger medicum eloquentum. I certainly wasn't looking for a talkative doctor. A sick person doesn't look for a talkative doctor, doesn't seek a talkative doctor. Non quieter tiger medicum eloquentum. Non quieter tiger medicum eloquentum. Okay. Etiam capillus unus habitum bram suam. Etiam capillus unus habitum bram suam. Anyone remember? Even a hair casts a shadow. Yep. Something. Even a single hair casts a shadow. Crudelim medicum in temperans I ger facet. Crudelim medicum in temperans I ger facet. An intemperate sick person makes a doctor cruel. Okay. Intemperate meaning mm. like out of control. A guy who, you know, doesn't pay any attention to the doctor. Crudelim medicum in temperans I ger facet. Crudelim medicum in temperans I get Okay. Legs widet iratum, iratus legem non widet. Anyone remember? Legs widet iratum, iratus legem non widet. The law sees the angry man. The angry man does not see the law, according to your notes. That's it. Very good. Okay. Furem fur cognoscit et lupum lupus. Furem fur cognoscit et lupum lupus. A thief knows a thief. Mm-hmm. A thief knows a thief. A wolf knows a wolf. That's it. You got it. You got it. Okay. Number nine. Wolpace wolf fraudem lupus agnum fame and allowed them. Wolpace wolf fraudem lupus agnum fame and allowed them. Everybody probably remembers this. A fox likes a fox likes trickery. A wolf likes a lamb. A woman likes a woman likes praise. That's it. (laughs) That's it. That's it. And then the last one. Diem nox premit dies noctem. Diem nox premit dies noctem. Night precedes day. Day precedes night. You got it. You got it. Very good. Now. Last time uh, when we had class, I was reviewing all of your words with you, but today we're only going to review nouns and we're going to learn to do the nominative and the accusative plurals as well as the singular. So we're going to learn the singular and the plurals of these nouns. Now, remember we said that nouns can be divided. By the way, what is a noun? It's a thing. It's a person, place, or thing. All right. Person, place, or thing, or idea. Okay, good. And a noun, nouns can be divided into five different groups, uh, depending on what they look like, depending on the way their endings work. And these groups, we call these groups declensions. And the first declension is the easiest in a way. The nominative ends in A. Can anyone think of a noun we had where the, where the subject form ends in A? 
Waka. Femina. Waka. Femina. What's that? Fowea, too, is another one. Fowea. Um, those nouns end in A. Now, to make the objective form, to make that word the direct object, what do we do? Add an M. Add an Waka. M. Okay. An M. And when I make, and in the, in the notes for this lesson, I made you a little table, a little declension table. Okay. And the way we do it, we put the nominative and accusative singular on the left. So on the left side of your paper or of your Braille display or whatever, you're going to see the nominative and you're going to see, say, the word uh, waka. And it's going to say waka, cow. And then down below it, it's going to say accusative, wakam. And I, I don't give a meaning, but it would mean something like I see the cow. I love the cow. Okay. Now to make the nominative plural, we simply add an E to that A. So wakai, V-A-C-C-A-E, wakai, pronounced I, even though it's A-E, wakai. And to make the accusative plural, all I do is add an S. I take the E, I take the e off and I add an S. So wakas. So on the right-hand side of your table, you're going to see wakai, wakas. So left hand, wakam, waka, wakam. Wakai, wakas. Waka, wakam, wakai, wakas. And the reason we do this is if you were babies and learning to speak Latin, we could teach you enough sentences that you wouldn't have to have a table. But since you all are grown up, a table makes it a quick way to learn all these different endings. And uh, so this is a real small one. Now, let's S, take it. I'm S sorry. S as in Sam? You're saying S as in Sam? Yes. S as in Sam. Yes. Okay. S as in Sam. And again, when you get your notes, these, these will be uh, written out. I had a terrible time spacing them right. But anyway, uh, I think I finally got them, got them pretty good. All right. The second declension ends in U.S. or E.R. It can be either oh, one. Yeah. Let's take the U.S. I didn't give you one like E.R. Uh, in my notes. Uh, so maybe I'll have to fix that. Okay. Give me, give me a noun that ends in U.S. in Latin. Equus. Uh, what did you say? Equus. What else? Conus. Con no, no. Conus ends in is. Conus oh, ends okay. in is. Lupus. Equus does. What else? Lupus. Lupus, Lupus. does. Lupus. Okay. Lupus. And if we want to make the direct object form of that word in the singular, what do we do? Put lupum. Yep. Put lupum. Good. Lupus. Lupum. And on the right hand uh -huh. side to make the plural, we drop the. M and add, do we actually we drop the U-M and we add an I. So we say loopy, L-U-P-I, pronounced loopy. <sighs> now, so we drop U-M or U-S and add an I. Now, to make the accusative plural, we put the U back on, take the I off, put the U back on and put O-S. So it's, uh, no, I'm sorry, wrong. Take the, <laughs> take the U-S off and add O-S. That's what we're doing. So L-U-P-U-S, L-U-P-U-M. L-U-P-I, L-U-P-O-S. Lupus, lupum, lupi, lupos. There we Ooh, go. Lupos. Oh, wow. That does not wow. make sense. That is not logical. Mm, <laughs> probably not. No, I, I don't. I guess it's not really, but uh, that's just basically. <laughs> now, third, you think that's illogical. You ain't seen oh, nothing no. yet. You ain't seen nothing oh. yet. Third declension. Now, third declension can be anything in the nominative. <laughs> anything. It can be O-R. It can be S. It can be I-S. It can be E-S. 
so can someone give me a third declension word that we've had? Wool pace? Yes, wool pace. Good one. Okay. Fox? And it's an E-S. Wool pace. Wool pace. Fox. To make the wool accusative, pace. we drop the S and add an M. So we say wool pem. Wool pem. Now, the plural, though, is easy. Guess what? The plural in this particular noun is just like the nominative singular. So it's wool paste for the nominative plural, the U-L-P-E-S, and it's wool paste for the accusative plural. How do you so tell if you're talking about one fox or three foxes? You would have to look at the sentence as a whole. In other words, you would look at the verb. Is the verb plural or singular? Uh, what are the other words doing around it? And we're going to get into some of that as we get a little further into this. And yes, that's one of the that's one of the things I love about Latin. Reading Latin, Jane can tell you, is like doing a puzzle. Sometimes oh, it's kind of like doing a puzzle because you puzzle. look at all these endings and you have to fit them in. And the, the trick is to get where you can do it almost automatically without stopping and thinking and, you know, cogitating too much. Now, give me another third. Let me give you another third declension now. Moose. M-U-S. What does moose mean? A mouse. Yep. Okay. Mouse. The, what's the accusative singular mouse. of that? Morem. Morem. Good. So to make the plural, take whatever the accusative was. In other words, M-U-R-E-M. Drop the E-M and add E-S and you will be right. So the nominative plural is mores. The accusative plural is mores. So whatever the third declension word is, let, let's take dator. That's another one. Dator, a giver. Okay, the accusative is datorem. D-A-T-O-R-E-M. The nominative plural is datores. The accusative plural is datores. That's all there is to it. So take the accusative, drop the E-M and add E-S to the nominative and accusative plural, and you've got it. <coughs> That's all it is to it. Now, let's take fourth declension. You only know one fourth declension now. Only one. What declension is conus? Beg your pardon? What declension is conus? Conus is third. Third. So it goes conus, conem, conace, conace. See, conus, conem, drop the E-M and add E-S. Conus, conem, conace, conace. And that's all there is to it. And we'll practice all this as we get along. Now, fourth declension, you only know one word, monus. Okay, so it's real easy. Now, it looks like a second declension word. It looks just like a second declension, like lupus or ah, uh, and you can't tell unless you happen to know that it's fourth declension. But it's very easy for our point of view. Nominative is monus. Accusative is monum. It looks just like second declension. But then when you get to the plural, the plural is M-A-N long U-S for the nominative and M-A-N long U-S for the accusative. So monus, monum, monus, monus. Ooh. Okay. You just have to learn that. Now, the fifth wow. declension yeah. is also very easy. You only know one word so far in fifth declension, and that's deace. So all you do with this one, it ends in E-S. Um, take off the S and add an M to make the accusative, D-M. To make the plural, the plural is just like the nominative singular. So it's D-A-S, D-M, D-A-S, D-A-S. So it's easy. So you said Latin is hard. Now, we're, you're going to have notes on all this. All this is in your notes. All this is in your notes. So, uh -huh. 
you'll be able to uh, to look at it and practice it. And the best way to do it, as uh, as Jane and Ninette can tell you, is just learn the table. Like say, waka 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 waka. You know, the left hand <laughs> side, then the right hand side, then lupus lupum lupi lupos. Okay, or mm-hmm. third declension, moose murem mures mures, or apis apem apes apes. Manus, manum, manus, manus. D-A-S, D-M, D-A-S, D-A-S. Oh. What is Agnus? Agnus oh. second, is a uh, second declension. So, Agnus, Agnum, Agni, Agnos. Yep. And again, I'll send you guys this. And now, let's do a little bit of our exercise. We had done an exercise here. Uh, I don't know if anybody has it or remembers it. I think we had done two, two examples, maybe three, the last time we had class. And what you were going to do is we had sentences, and you had to change them to say, the, to say the opposite without changing anything but the ending. So number four, for example, says, Phales murem timet, which means the cat fears the mouse. How do I say the mouse fears the cat without changing the word or. Phales murim timet. Phales murim timet. No. Phalem murim timet. Phalem moose timet. Because it's singular. Phalem moose timet. Phalem moose timet. Why? Because... Phales is your nominative, murem is your accusative, timet. We're changing the nominative to the accusative, the accusative to the nominative. That's all we're doing. We're not making plurals now yet. Now, uh, guess what? Your homework this week will be to change the accusative to the plural in these sentences. But anyway, Mm. number five, medicus piscem edit. The doctor eats the fish. We want to change it to say the fish eats the doctor. (laughs) Medicum... Medicum. Piscus. 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 I don't know. Edit. Yep. Medicum piscus edit. Medicum piscus edit. Okay. Good job, uh, Janelle. All right. How about... I don't what? even... All I'm doing is switching around endings. I st- I'm still trying to understand what I'm doing. But right. That's, well, you're going to see... You're going to see this. <laughs> you're going to see this in your notes, and I'm going to... And I'm going to give you the answers, so you'll be able to see it in writing, you know, if you can look at it or if you want to hear it on your computer or whatever, however you do it. Well, let's do one more. Waka taurum amat. The cow loves the bull. We want to say the bull loves the cow. Waka taurum amat. Wakam is right, but not taurat. Not taurat now. Not taurus. Yes. Wakam taurus amat. Wakam Taurus Amat. Isn't this kind of cool, though? It is. Without, without changing mm-hmm. anything, without yeah. changing any word order, you're making a different meaning just by changing the ending. You just have to remember if it's the noun or the object, and then you have to remember yep. the endings that go with each one. That's it. That's it. That's if, it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Let's do one more. Canis Equum Habet. The dog has a horse. You know, dogs and horses have each other as pets sometimes. Canis mm-hmm. Equum uh, Canis equum habet. Canem equus habet. Canem equus habet. Canem equus habet. All right, 
Want to do one more? Let's do one more. Serpane's Conchrum Mordet. Serpane's Conchrum Mordet. The snake bites the crab. We want to say the crab bites the snake. Mordet. Serpentem Conquer. Yep. Serpentem Conquer Mordet. That's it exactly. All right. Very good. You guys, you guys are getting this. You guys are getting this. You guys are getting this. Very good. All right. You want to sing your song? Oh. Sing All song. right. Agricola. Remember, it goes Agricola Conem Habe Bot. Kuinomen Erot Argus. Ah, er, us. Ah, er, us. Ah, er, us. Einomen Erot Argus. So oh. Agricola Conem Habe Bot. Kuinomen Erot Argus. Ah, er, us. Ah, er, us. Ah, er, us. Argus. Now, if you sing with it muted, uh, unmuted, it's going to sound awful. So mute as we sing this. Ready? Agricola Conem Habe Bot. Kuinomen Erot Argus. Ah, er, us. Ah, er, us. Ah, er. Gus a nomen erat argus agricola conem have a but gui nomen erat argus ah er gu ah er gu ah er gu a nomen erat argus agricola conem have a but gui nomen erat argus ah er gay ah er gay ah er gay a nomen erat argus agricola conem have a but gui nomen erat argus ah er Ah, air. Ah, air. A nomen, air at Argus. A grick like on him, have a bot, queen nomen, air at Argus. Ah, ah, ah. A nomen, air at Argus. A grick like on him, have a bot, queen nomen, air at Argus. A nomen, air at Argus. There we go. How about that? Oh, I love that. Yay. How about that? Maybe next week we'll learn row, row, row your boat in Latin. How would you like oh, that? That's. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty I, good. I think. What's well, that? I, did, I think I used to remember Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Miss oh, Young. yeah. That's the one we learned. Twinkle, Twinkle, yeah. Little I sang it. I keep, Miss... wondering, I keep wondering why you didn't do that one. Well, I don't know why I didn't. I guess I think that's a harder one. That's kind of hard. Mika, well, Mika. Mika, 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 so just to check the pronunciation, it's Agricola Conem Habe Bot Kui. Is it Kui Nomen? Yes. You said Kui Kui Nomen Erat Argus. Okay. What's Habe Bot? Had. Had. Habe Bot. Habe O imperfect tense. Oh, we haven't learned that yet. No, you haven't learned that. No. Oh, no. No, we haven't quite got to that one yet. Oh, no. I haven't gotten to. B I N G O. I have trouble with that. Yeah, that's well. That's uh, that's uh, that's a little tricky. Of course, um, uh, Argus is a famous Greek Greek names. Uh, yeah, a, a Greek name of a dog. That's why we use that particular one. All right, let's yeah. talk about the underworld. We were talking. What time is it, by the way, uh, uh, Herbie? It is currently. 36 minutes past the hour. Yeah, it's about time. Okay, let's look at our mythology. And by the way, again, what I did uh, this time in your notes is give you a a table of these main Olympian gods. And and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But let's talk about the underworld. What's that? Did you send that out yet? No. Are you going to? 
You haven't sent it out yet. No, but I'm going to send oh, it. This probably this e- pro- this evening or tomorrow anyway. Okay. Good. Okay, underworld. Remember that? Let's say we're going to go down into the underworld. We're going to take a field trip down there. So what do we do? We find a cave or a hole or a place where we can go down there. It might be a sulfuric lake. It might be a real deep cave. There are certain places in Greece and in Italy where they thought you could go in and go down there. And they usually were, like I said, sulfuric lakes or are very, you know, gloomy, dreary kind of places. And so you go to this mouth and you go down in there, if you dare, and you start going down a slope. It gets very dark and dreary down in there. And you see all these weird shapes in the entrance, things like death and work and sleep and hunger and all these awful looking things. And you don't maybe know what they are. They're just ghosts. They're not going to hurt you. They just look awful, but they're not going to really hurt you. So you go on down. Keep walking down there a little ways, and you come to a place where there's a whole bunch of people crowding around, and uh, you come to uh, a river, and you see a river, and you see a boat going back and forth, an awful-looking old rusty-looking boat, and this boat is being rowed by a dirty-looking old man who really looks awful. He looks like he's, like, slept in the mud, and um, his name is Karen. And he rows the boat across, but you cannot go across unless you have the money for the passage, a penny in your mouth or somewhere with you, at least. They usually, the ancients put money in, in, the, in the corpse's mouth to pay their way across the river Styx. This is a river going across. And so um, they also had to be buried. They had to have a formal burial. In other words, you had to have a funeral. And if you didn't have that funeral, you couldn't go across. And if you didn't have that money in your mouth, you couldn't go across. And so um, if you had that, sooner or later, you're going to be put on the boat. You're going to be allowed to get on and you're going to go across. If you did not have that, you had to wander around the shore of that river for some say 100 years, some say 500 years, some say 1,000 years until then finally you were allowed to go across just by waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting all that time. Okay, so you go across and you come to a shore and you climb up on the shore and you come up and the next thing you see is a great big three-headed dog. And this dog has snakes all over it. And these snakes will bristle up if it sees you... uh, Coming in, it probably won't do anything to you, but if you come in and then try to go back out, it will bristle up and bark and keep you from coming out. So it doesn't keep anybody from coming in, but it keeps people from getting back out once they are in. And this this three-headed dog is named Cerberus. And remember, if you had to get out and you were smart enough, or if you were if you were a hero who really didn't belong down there anyway, you could take a cake and drug it and throw it to the dog, the dog would eat the cake and be drugged, then you could get back out again. And they call that a sop for Cerberus. A sop meaning a nasty old soggy piece of stuff, like bread or something. Um, You go down there, and uh, you come, uh, you get into the underworld, and when you get in there, there are all kind of places 
down there, there is a place for very, very, very bad, wicked people. Uh, I mean, people who have done awful things like sell your country, like, you know, kill someone, things like that. And this part of the underworld is called Tartarus. And Tartarus is as I think it's like twice as far from the bottom of the underworld to the regular underworld as heaven is from earth. So it's very deep down, very deep down into the underworld. And you have judges down there, Minus, Radamanthus, and hmm, who's the other judge? Minus, Radamanthus, and Iacus. Uh, uh, Those are the three judges down there. And they judge you. And if you deserve to go into the under into Tartarus, you go down there. And there are all kind of strange punishments being done down there. Uh, one guy is laying there and his liver's being gnawed on all the time, every day, all day by a bird. And every night his liver grows back so that the next day it can be gnawed again. They got another guy that does nothing all day but roll a rock up a hill. And just as that rock gets to the top of the hill, it rolls back down. He's got to go back down and get it. So all he does all day is roll a rock up a hill and then go back down and get it again. Another guy down there rides on a wheel rolling down an endless road forever. I don't know what that would be like, but that's what he does. There are some ladies down there who killed their husbands on their wedding nights. And their punishment is they have to pour water into sieves for eternity. Um, and so those are the kind of punishments that you have. They also have the Furies down there who whip you and beat you and all that kind of stuff. There is a river down there that guards Tartarus from the rest of the underworld, a river of fire. And this river is called Phlegathon or sometimes called Pyre Phlegathon. And it's a river of fire. Uh, keeping people from getting out of Tartarus into the other part of the underworld. Now you're in the regular part of the underworld again, and uh, there are all kind of areas of this underworld. There's an area where people who died of unrequited love are, and all they do is wander around and still mourn for their person they were in love with. Um, and um, there are people who were condemned on false charges. There are people who, who died an unfair death. There are children who died young, all kinds of things like that. But if you are a very good person or a hero or somebody that's really been good, you can go up into what's called the Elysian Fields. And, and uh, Carla, this is why in Paris, there is a avenue called Champs-Élysées, which means the Elysian Fields, because they thought when they built this avenue, it would have everything anybody could ever want. It would be like heaven on earth. And that's why they call it Les Champs-Élysées, which means the Elysian Fields. And this Elysian Field, I told you last week, is kind of a male paradise. Um, if you like wrestling, you can wrestle down there. If you like chariot racing, you can race chariots down there. If you like feasting, you can sit there and eat banquets all day long. Um, it, whatever, you know, if you like to fool around with horses, like, you know, take care of horses and run horses. And, or if you like dogs, uh, you can have them down there. You can have whatever you liked on earth down there, except I don't see any sign of women. 
down there, although they must have been, but it doesn't say anything about them uh, being down there. By the way, there is another river in this part of the underworld, and that's a river. It's a river of forgetfulness, river of forgetfulness. And the purpose of this river is once you've been in this paradise for a long enough time, you are expected to drink of this river of forgetfulness, which will make you forget who you are, and then you will be reborn into a new body and come back up on earth. And you will do that until you become almost perfect. And after you become almost perfect, then you can stay in the Elysian fields forever. Now, this river of forgetfulness is called Lethe. And believe it or not, they used to name girls Lethe. Can you imagine that? Now, I don't know if they named a girl Lethe because they thought she was forgetful <laughs> or because they thought that she was so wonderful that her husband would forget all his problems when he was in her arms. I don't know. But uh, there were women named Lethe, believe it or not. Uh, sometimes uh, I knew of a man whose mother's name was Lethe, and he, they pronounced it Leith. Um, I was told her husband would say, oh, Leith, I don't know what we're going to do about this or whatever. So that is a name you might hear. Uh, and so that's uh, pretty much uh, it about the underworld. Anybody have any comments about the underworld? All right, now we're, we're just going to cover some minor goddesses here. We talked about a few of them last week. One of them, a uh, group of goddesses, are called the Arenes. And this goes right along with the underworld. They're called the Arenes or they're called the Furies. They're like your conscience. If you do something wrong and you know you did it wrong, you know how your conscience bothers you? Well, these ladies are pictured as your conscience, except they're pictured as beating you with whips and with snakes and all and tormenting you. And the reason they're called the Arenes is that means the peacemakers. The idea was if you call them the peacemakers, they won't bother you. They won't be as mad at you and bother you as much. Uh, and there are three of them. Tisiphone is one. Megara is one. And Alecto is one. So there were three of these. And they were down in the underworld in Tartarus, believe it or not. Um, and then... Um, you also have, I'm sorry, you also have uh, the Earth Mother. Um, she is called Ceres, and we, we talked about her before. Come my My three-headed dog is barking here. Um, anyway, you have this um, um, uh, a god, goddess of the corn of earth her name is Ceres or Demeter and we talked about her before the fact that she's the one whose daughter ends up marrying um, Pluto you also have Dionysus or Dionys Dionysus I guess it's pronounced Dionysus also known as Bacchus and he's a little bit like um, a, he's a god of uh, kind of to bridge the gap I guess between his, his purpose is he is a God, but he's a God of kind of a good time God. And he's a God of wine and he encourages people to get rip roaring drunk and all that sort of thing. And he's a God who at some point or other dies and goes to Mount Olympus and lives up there. And so they thought that by celebrating what he celebrates, which is getting drunk. And if you, 
got into his celebrations, you would go and find an animal like a deer or a rabbit or something, and you would rip it apart and eat its entrails. And by doing that, they felt that you would have a rebirth experience because of eating an animal, because oh. of eating blood. You would have like a rebirth experience, and then you'd go back and live your life and um, think that you had a real experience. So it's kind of an yeah. interesting uh, thing. I don't think I would like it too much, but that's what they did. Um, Pan. Pan is another god. He's son of Hermes. He looks like a sort of a half goat, half man type of character. He plays on pipes. He's very merry. He's always chasing some woman out in the woods, but no woman will have him because he's so ugly. And just so you know, you have 10 minutes left. Thank you. Thank you. Um, as I said, he played pipes. But at nighttime, he would be out in the woods. And if you were out in the woods at night, he might scare you. And because of that, we get the word panic. You know, panic is something that scares us out of no reason. And so that comes right from his name, Pan. Um, and uh, along with Bacchus, you have Silenus, who is uh, a relative of Pan, sometimes said a son, sometimes said to be a brother. He's a fat old guy that rides a donkey and falls off of it half the time because he's so drunk. If you remember, C.S. Lewis talks about him in uh, some of the Narnian, one of the Narnian uh, chronicles. Then you have Castor and Pollux. Castor and Pollux are sometimes called Polydeuces. Um, these were sons of Jupiter and Leda, a woman named Leda, brother of Helen, brothers of Helen of Troy, uh, believe it or not. And one of them that is Castor, is mortal, and the one Pollux is immortal. And uh, the one that's mortal gets killed by someone, and the one that's immortal is inconsolable. And so the gods let them spend a day in heaven and then a day on earth, and they're always together, and they are pictured as being the northern lights in the sky. Um, and so that's sort of a, a strange, strange little story. They also help sailors, okay. the Gemini, if you've ever heard of the constellation called the Gemini, mm -hmm. meaning the twins, uh, that's who they are because these are twins. Um, and uh, so uh, that's, uh, that's who they are. Um, now, last week, I think we talked about did we not talk about the muses last week, about Calliope and all those guys? I think we did. Uh, I think we talked about the muses. Did we not? Do you remember? We talked about the muses. Yeah, briefly. okay, so we don't have to talk about them today. And we talked about Iris, the messenger god, uh, who is, Mercury is mostly the messenger god, but Iris sometimes is. Um, now, uh, the graces, the graces are another band of sisters. There are three graces and they're just lovely ladies who dance. Aglaia is one that sounds like an awful ugly name for a beautiful woman. Aglaia, uh, her name means splendor. Um, Euphrosyne, her name means mirth and Thalia, her name means good cheer. And these are daughters of Zeus and of a woman named uh, Eurynome. Um, and they're just, uh, they're just like 
personifications of beauty, uh, of beauty. And, um, and we talked about the muses, as I said. Uh, and I think that's about all. The only, only other person we didn't talk about was the gray we didn't talk about them. The Gray E are three women, three awful looking women uh, who live on Earth, and they have one eye and one tooth between them. And they will switch this eye and this tooth back and forth, and one will chaw on its food a while, and the other will look around. Yeah. Then they'll switch it back, the other will chaw on that food a while. I mean, you can imagine that would be rather gross, but that's what they do. Yeah. What and, about uh, the fact? There are three fates. The one oh, yeah, let's talk about the three. One that cuts it. And- yes, let's talk about the three fates. There are three fates, and the fates are in some ways more powerful than any of the gods because the fates decide what's going to happen, and the gods don't seem to have much control um, over what happens uh, to people. Uh, a lot of times the, they'll say, that, well, the, the gods, the fates say this, so we've got to go with it. Uh, they don't seem to have much control. Yes, yeah, so you have the fates. And uh, um, they're called the Mori in Greek, and they're called the Parkai in Latin. Parkai means the sparers. And they're called the sparers, hopefully, because they'll spare you. They won't kill you right offhand. And there are three of them. Clotho is one. She's the spinner. And you can see where you get the word cloth or clothes from her name. And Lachesis. She's the disposer of lots. And so she assigns to each person what's going to happen to them in the future. She tells you how your life is going to come out. And then Atropos, which name means she who cannot be turned, she cuts the thread of life. And when she cuts that thread of life, your, your time is done. Your life is over. And so... Uh, uh, they're very powerful, very powerful indeed. And they, they do seem to be more powerful than the gods a lot. All right. Uh, let me just ask you a few questions about some of these gods and see what you can tell me. What's another name for Zeus or Jupiter? Jove. Yep, Jove. Okay. Um, what is a trident? Trident. What's that? Say that again, Jane. You he broke holds up. it in his hand. Yeah, but what is it? I don't know. Here? What's the question? What is What's a trident? What is a trident? Three-pronged something. Yep. It's a, it's a three-pronged spear or, you know, staff. That oh, And which yeah. god has a trident? The son of Poseidon. Um, Poseidon? Poseidon? Poseidon has it. What's Poseidon do with it? Waves it around. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but what else? Storms. He calms the sea with it. He smacks the sea with it and calms it, or he smacks the earth and causes earthquakes, that oh. kind of thing. So, oh. yeah. What god has the helmet of invisibility? Hermes? Mercury? Or Hermes? No. Hermes does have a helmet no. or a hat. Mercury! No, that's the same as Hermes. Oh. Um, now think about it a minute. What god is going to be invisible just about all the time? Um, Almost um, always. 
on Earth at least. Mm. Um, the wind? That's a good one, but no, Pluto. Pluto or Hades, because death comes up on you unseen. You can't see it. So, what goddess has the peacock as her symbol? Athena. Or no. No. No, No, darn it. Hera. Yes. Hera or Juno. Hera. What What other quality does Hera have that's rather odd? for a goddess to have we wouldn't think of her or or even you could say it's a symbol of hers Um, she has cow eyes we have two minutes left okay well we can stop right here i'm going to send you guys this and you can have it and we can next week i think what we might do is we might play a little mythology game next week oh boy i might play a little (laughs) mythology game so and uh, we'll send that out. Anybody have any questions on anything? Are you all following this all right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not yes. real sure about the declensions, but, you know. No. Well, and my dear Jane, if you don't know them, who do know them? Because uh, you had them. You had them. So. a long time ago. Well, that's true. That's true. Well, that's why we're taking them little bits at a time. Little bit. Probably what's confusing you is I'm taking them in a different way than you had them in Latin class, and that's a little confusing at, uh, at times. So, oh, oh, uh, Gary, mm-hmm. you don't mind writing the uh, writing uh, the lyric, uh, Latin lyrics to the song uh, when McDonald had a farm. No, it'll be on the a song. You mean Argus? That'll be in yeah. there. That'll be in the notes. It'll be there. Yeah. Yep. Great It'll yep. be there. Thank you. Great, thank uh, you. The notes are pretty long this week, so we, uh, we'll get them out for you. Probably, I want to get them out probably tomorrow, or th- I will make you no problem. Might be Thursday, but you'll all get them. And uh, Moosey, if you wish them, just tell Cindy, and she'll okay. send me your uh, email. Yeah, okay, okay. And I can then get them to you, or anyone else that wants them. I'll be glad to. I'm making a spreadsheet of everybody that whose email I do have. So all I have to do is copy it and then I can get it for the top of the hour. Okay, Herbie. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. And Herbie. See you all next week. Bye. 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 See you next week. Wale. Bye. Thank you. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.